your voice right now. Just begin to magnify him for the next couple seconds here. We have time. Let's just worship him right now, Jesus. We want to go into the holiest of holies, God. We want to step into the throne room with you, God, today. We want to feel your glory in this house this morning, God. Have your way in this place. We worship you, God. We magnify your name this morning, God. Have your way, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus' name. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We've come to worship your name, God. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you the glory today, God. To the north we cry out, and to the south we will shout. The enemy and his kingdom must come down. Hallelujah. And to the west we confess that the enemy and his kingdom must come down. Hallelujah. We cannot be silent and we cannot sit by. For we must take this city for the cause of Jesus Christ. We are bold and we are strong. must come down. Hallelujah. We declare that in this place today. To the east we profess and to the west we confess that the enemy and his kingdom must come down. Hallelujah. We declare today we cannot be silent and we cannot sit by for we must take this city for the cause of Jesus Christ, we are bold and we are strong, for we are ready to march on through Christ. I said, we will take this city, hallelujah, Jesus, for we are bold and we are strong, for we are ready to march on through Christ. I said, we will take this city. Hallelujah, we declare that in the place tonight where sin abounds. His grace, His grace is greater. Where the enemy reigns, I said, He will give us victory. We are bold and we are strong, for we are ready to march on through Christ. One more time, declare it 
worship you today, God. We declare in this house, this city is ours. This place is ours. We declare victory over the enemy. This community is ours in the name of Jesus. The lost souls in this community are ours in the name of Jesus. We won't stop walking by faith. We put our trust in you, Jesus, that this city is ours. We declare victory in this place in the name of Jesus. We worship you, God. Hallelujah. Can you just lift your hands if that's the desire of your heart to see souls saved in this city? Can you lift your hands and declare that in this place? In the name of Jesus, we're going to see an outpouring of his spirit. The Bible says in the last days, he will pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy in the name of Jesus. We declare that promise to be true in the name of Jesus. Let it happen. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. And you're the Lord of this nation. Yes, you are. And you're the light in this darkness. For you're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. Yes, you are. So we declare in this place. And there is no one like our God. We declare it in this place. There is no one like our God. For greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. are yet to come and greater things are still to be done in this city oh sing it out in this house today greater things are yet to come and greater things are still to be done in this city You're the king of these people. You are the Lord of this nation. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, you are. Hallelujah. God, we declare you're the light in this darkness. You are the hope to the hopeless. You are my peace in the restlessness. Yes, you are, God. You are. Hallelujah. We declare in this house that there no one like our God. I could declare it today, God, that there is no one like our God. We see it in this house that greater things are yet to come and greater things are still to be done in this city. This city, 
Hallelujah today, God. Even when I don't see it, your work. And even when I don't feel it, your work. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop. We sing today. Even when I don't see it, sing it out. And even when I don't feel it, your work. Never stop. That's it. Sing it out in this room. Come on, get bold with it today. Declare it in this house today. Even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop. We sing. You never stop. You never stop working. yet to come and greater things are still to be done in this city we declare in this house today greater things are yet to come and greater things are still to be done in this city believe that today can you lift your hands can you just declare that I feel in this place you haven't felt anything and when you've looked around you haven't seen anything but I've come to tell you he works in secret he works in the private places he works behind closed doors I want to tell you today that even when you don't see it he's still working even when you can't feel it he's still working he's never changed he's the same today tomorrow and forever he is the same we worship you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah Jesus we worship you today God hallelujah we praise your name this morning God hallelujah can we just entertain that presence in this house I believe that the stage is going to be set for the word of the Lord come on God wants to increase your faith come on worship him God is here for you don't worry about the person to your right the person to your left God is here with an appointment for you today we love you Jesus have your way in this house God Form, but it won't prosper. 
darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. So my God will never fail. So I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. We declare that I'm going to see a victory in my family. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Hallelujah. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. speaking tongues right now there's victory in the house I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory over my co-workers I'm gonna see a victory in my family I'm gonna see a victory in this city lift your voice and declare it in this place we are gonna see a victory in the name of Jesus we worship you God we declare in this place you are the God of victory today. We worship you this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
you go. How about it now? Hey, you can hear me. Now, normally we'd say turn and shake someone's hand, but you can't, so why don't you turn around and just wave at somebody then. Amen? If you're glad to be in the house of the Lord, hallelujah, i got a bunch of mics up here. I don't know, so way too many mics here. We welcome all of you to the Palace of Praise today. So glad you are in the house of God. So glad you're doing well, well enough to be in the house of God today. Amen. Has God been good to anybody in the house? Amen. He's been good to me. It's great to have all of our guests with us today. I'm not going to start, try to name, because I'm going to miss somebody. But I can just say, welcome to the Palace of Praise, all of our guests today. We're so glad you are here with us. Uh, one thing we added since most of you have been gone is the uh, track rack that's out in the foyer. It's on the west side, uh, the west entrance. As you come in to your right, there's a track rack there. In there are the magazines that we buy for you guys, Reflections, which is a girls' uh, magazine if uh, you want to do some reading there. And then also is the Pentecostal Life. Uh, great, great articles in here, Pretending or Contending. Very, very good articles. These are provided for you for free. You're welcome to take those and read those. They're, again, they're in the track rack. Also in the track rack are tracks. Isn't that something? It's actually tracks in the track rack. There's some issues, the things that deal with some of the issues are doctrinal issues that are there. So if you have guests and stuff and they asked you certain questions, you can go and perhaps you can find a track there that might answer their questions so they can take that home, study it, read it, and that would help them. Also, your, uh, what used to be your uh, uh, tithe envelopes and offering envelopes that we had down the hall and to the left there just as you went past the ladies' lounge area, now it's also in that track rack. It's a one-stop shopping for all. Amen. So you might want to stop by there and check it out. We used to also have a bulletin board in the foyer there that we would put all our announcements on. Uh, we've eliminated that bulletin board so it's out of the way. Now on the east side, if you're exiting, if you turn and look to your right, there is a billboard right there that has all of our announcements and stuff on that. We tried to clean up and get things looking a little more better. I didn't like that uh, bulletin board standing there in the hallway. It looked like something was out of place there. So now we've eliminated that. Amen. Enough of that today. Uh, it's great to have all of you in the house of the Lord today. And uh, so glad that you chose to be with us today. And um, again, I'd like to say there's Mother's Memorial. We are wrapping it up. Mother's Memorial is wrapped up. We need to get that done. So if you have any offerings you'd like to give a Mother's Memorial, you can put them in the canister located in the foyer. Or you can also give on tithely. Uh, Mother's Memorial, it's a great uh, ministry that we have from the ladies, helps our missionaries, helps uh, train uh, missionaries around the, uh, the world. So if you would like to contribute to that, please do that. Uh, I believe before we get into the Word of God, I would like for us to pray. As you notice, we have several people out that are, some are sick. Thank God, to the best of my knowledge, it's not the virus. Uh, some of them are back problems. Some of them are a variety of different issues that they are battling with today and unable to be in the house of God. One that we do definitely want to take to the Lord, and that's uh, Sister Dolores' girls who are in St. Louis right now with their dad, um, Bella, Ariana, and Elena. I don't know if all three or just a couple of them, they have tested positive for the virus. So because of that, you know, we know that uh, they're going to be fine because God is in control of everything. And I told Sister Dolores, hey, relax, God's got this, okay? I preached that back up the road, God's got this. But I know probably Sister Dolores is going through more than they are, amen, because of the anxiety, just like you would. If you mothers, your kid was a long ways away and they had the virus, you would feel exactly like she feels. 
So I want us to take a moment here and we want to pray for them. Sister Bernice and his sister Pam is sick and others. So would you join me and let's pray for Sister Dolores and also for her girls right now. Let's join together. God, we are thankful again, Lord, for the privilege of prayer. Lord, we're glad to be in your house today, God. Thankful for every soul, Lord, that is here, God, this morning. I thank you, Lord, again for your keeping power. And we recognize you, Lord, as the Almighty. And you can do all things, Lord. Today, God, I pray, Lord, that you would reach down, God, and give peace, Lord, into the mind and the heart of Sister Dolores today, God. That you, O oh God, would bring peace, Lord Jesus, into that room, Lord. And help her, O oh God, I pray right now, Lord Jesus. And be God with those girls. Pray, God, that you would heal their bodies, Lord, and put a hedge of protection round about them on every side. God, you are our shield, Lord. You are the strong tower, Lord, that we can run into, Lord. And even, God, though we are not there, Lord, I know, God, that you as an omnipresent spirit, Lord, are there with them right now. And I pray, God, give them strength, Lord, according to your strength. Pray, Lord, you would be, God, with the other folks, God, today that are sick in their body and unable to be in the house of prayer. Lord, strengthen each and every one of them and help them, oh, God, I pray today. And, Lord, move, God, upon each and every mind and heart today in this house, Lord. Minister us, God, according to your word. To you be all glory and honor in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. I want to draw your attention to John chapter 1 today. Again, it's great to have all of you here, all of our guests. I see some faces. I recognize some that I do not. But uh, again, I welcome all of you in the house of the Lord today. John chapter 1. And while you're turning there, I, I want to, I felt like I needed to do this because I don't want to be misunderstood. Um, um, okay, anybody feel, does it feel cooler in here tonight? All right. Well, thank God for that. Yeah, it does feel a little cooler. Hopefully you don't fall asleep now. Amen. But anyway, um, I want to qualify something. I, I talked about the other night, binding things in Jesus' name. And I, I, afterwards, I, I, I felt like the uh, Lord was kind of quickened in my mind because I preached quite a ways back up the road. I talked about whatever's in our filter, whatever's in our filter affects what we see or hear. Anybody remember me preaching about that? Well, I don't want to be misunderstood. When I talked about the other day, talking about binding things in Jesus' name, I'm not talking about a political level. The political level is a secondary level. What I am focusing on is spiritual. That's, and I, I don't want to be misunderstood when I, I talked the other day that somebody's going, oh, you're talking about this and this and all these issues. I'm not, those issues are secondary. They're not important. This is the number one issue is people's salvation. Number one. The power we use to bind things, what I was focusing on Wednesday night is binding things that will loose people to be saved. We're always going to have these political issues in the world. We're always going to have conflict in the world. Those things are going to be there. But the main focus of the church is not to get so bogged down with political issues that we miss the spiritual things of God. We need to focus on it. So when I was preaching today, I'm not preaching about taking a certain side politically. I'm talking about us binding some things that are holding our loved ones and our coworkers in bondage. They need deliverance. 
drugs that are holding people, immorality, alcohol, there's a variety of different pornography. There's so many things that we can bind, church, in Jesus' name and loose them to be able to be saved. Can somebody say amen? John chapter 1, it's, again, it's great to have the greens with us, and I am going to utilize him and have him preach for us, and, and I'm going to use and abuse him while he's here. But I have just felt in all my prayers that I needed to give me the voice speaking at this moment as the pastor to this church, and so that's the reason why I am preaching. Uh, he's a better preacher, but I am the pastor, so I just felt like I needed to be the one that did that. Amen. He's an excellent evangelist, and God has blessed him. He's already been using him in the Oregon district. Amen. John chapter 1, verse 35 through 39. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. John the Baptist is making a declaration here. Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak two of the disciples, and they followed Jesus. And then Jesus turned, he turned toward them and saw them following him and saith unto them, What seek ye? What seek ye? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? Where dwellest thou? And he saith unto them, Come and see. Come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. A late time. But it's never too late for an encounter with God. God never says, hey, too late for you. I don't have time for you. My God has time for every one of us. Hallelujah. Well, you don't understand. I've done this, that. I pushed this off. I pushed this off living for God. God says today, come and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I want to preach on this subject today. What are you looking for in God? What are you looking for in God? I want to begin today by repeating the most important question I believe that was asked in this chapter in John chapter 1. It's the first words recorded by John of anything that Jesus said to his disciples or asked of his disciples. It's a question that everybody in this house needs to answer. I cannot answer this question for you. You have to answer it for yourself. And guess what? You need to be honest. You need to be honest with your answer. It's the first words recorded also of of Jesus talking in John at all. It is the question that everybody in this house, hear me, needs to answer. You cannot avoid this question and really live for God. Because this question demands that you search your own heart and search even the motives of your heart. The simple fact that you're sitting here on the pews at the Palace of Praise today doesn't really within itself really mean a whole lot. It doesn't even answer the question, and it doesn't really prove anything. People can just get in a habit of coming to the house of God. We come because the doors are open. 
So to simply be here may not really answer the question. And now let me say, it's good for you to be in the house of God. Can somebody shout amen? Amen. I know I'm going a little slower today, but I really feel like I just want to take some time and make you think today and cause you to think today. And I believe there is no better place than to be than in the house of God. Amen? But the reason why may be more important than our actions. Why you are here may be more important than your actions. According to the scripture, God looks at the motives. He looks at the heart because motives are important. Can you say amen to that? Because most of the time our motives directs our actions. Now I want you again to look at verse number 38 of our scripture text that we just read. Verse 38 of John chapter 1, it says this, Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What seek ye? What was Jesus' first observation of these folks? He saw them following. That's what the verse said. And who were they following? And who were they following? And I believe that's a good thing. Then what Jesus does next is very revealing. He asks them a question, and the question is, What seek ye? Or, what are you looking for? What are you really looking for? Now, if we use the same reasoning and logic that we often use as humans, we would say to ourselves, You know, that question really didn't need to be asked. Their actions, their actions, Pastor, and even the scripture revealed that they were following Jesus. Yes, but there must have been more to the story since Jesus asked the question, What are you looking for? What seek ye? See, we can hide our true motives. See, simply declaring that we are Christians or a follower of Christ perhaps isn't enough. Oh, I'm a Christian, but really is that enough? It may be enough as long as there's no opposition, as long as there are no options or anywhere else for you to go, it may be fine. I would like to draw your attention to another chapter that John wrote. That's John chapter 6, if you would like to turn there. I try to encourage you to turn in your Bible, not just become dependent on the screens that are here. For those that uh, may have difficulty finding the Scriptures, you are more than welcome. But I would encourage you, if you have your Bible, to please turn to John chapter 6. Again, this is John writing this in John chapter 6. And... and, um, This is a very interesting verse, and most of you will not forget this verse today because John 6, 6, 6. Amen. And most of you will not forget that verse today. You may not remember my sermon, but you'll remember John 6, 6, 6. So John 6 and verse 66 says this, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. The words used by John are very important. Remember, John was there. John watched this occur, and he's writing from what he actually saw, but also writing by the inspiration of God. And look at the word that John uses to describe these people. For many, from that time, many of his disciples. He used the word his disciples. See, this group of people wasn't just 
casual followers. They were classified as his disciples by one of his disciples, and that's John. But look at verse number 67, the very next verse. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, after they pack up and leave, he says, will ye also go away? Are you going to go too? Hey, you twelve disciples, you guys going to pack up and leave too? Now, look at Peter's words, because these words are extremely powerful words. I believe these words that Peter used may explain why we find in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, it says this, but Peter standing up with the eleven. It may explain why Peter was there on the day of Pentecost while many of these disciples, many of these disciples were absent on the day. Of Pentecost. Because look at the words that Peter uses. Look at John 6 and verse 68. Look at the next verse. It says this, Then Simon Peter answered. He was always the one that had to speak up. He had that personality. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where are we going to go, God? Where are we going to go, God? But look at the next phrase. Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, or you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah, the one sent to bring about our salvation. Peter, I believe, had a revelation of who God was who Jesus Christ was. Yes, Jesus, I'm staying because no one else can provide the food like you have provided for me as I just witnessed in the first of this chapter. Man, how you fed the 5,000. You are a provider, God. Woo, God, you're my, woo, you're my meal ticket, God. Woo. Because in the first part of this chapter, that's what God did is he fed the 5,000. Oh, yes, Jesus, I'm not leaving. God, I'm never going to leave you, God. Why? Because if you read also in this chapter, God, you are the one that protects me, God. When we were in that ship and about to go down and drown, you protected the ship and you kept me, God, from drowning. And God, you are a protector, God. God, you're my lucky charm. <laughs> Is that what Peter said? No. Look at what Peter said again. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Thou hast the words of eternal life. The feeding of the 5,000 was a temporal blessing. Saving us from drowning, folks, was a temporal blessing, and it was only a blessing for this temporal being. But Jesus, I'm staying with you because you are the key to eternal salvation. See, the number one reason why Peter was staying with, was with him was because Jesus Christ was the way, the truth, and the life, folks. Remember, motives make all the difference. So that brings me back to that question that Jesus asked just a few moments ago. What seek ye? What are you looking for in God? 
Folks, that is a question that everybody in this house is going to have to answer. See, I was born and raised in the church, in the United Pentecostal Church. My entire life, I was a part of this great movement, United Pentecostal Church. But the day came when I had to answer that question for myself. I had to answer it, not just because I was raised in this thing and see the, saw this thing and memorized tons of verses, but I had to answer the question, why do I go to church? Why am I in the church? You know, what am I looking for in Jesus? This is a question everybody's going to have to ask. What do I want out of a relationship with Jesus? What am I expecting him to do for me? Is a church simply a fire escape? Uh-oh. I'm in the church because I don't want to go to hell. And you know that can happen to people that's been raised in the church their entire life. Is it because I need social support? Is it because I need financial support? I had a pastor who just recently told me, he said, I, our church gave thousands and thousands of dollars to this family. But he said, it got to the point I just felt like I needed to stop doing that. And the minute he stopped, boom, they were gone. Actually turned on them. It answered the question what they were looking for. Hello? Do I need a support group for the trouble I'm going through right now? And that's the reason why I need the church. I, hey, I burnt all my other bridges and <laughs> I don't have any friends anymore. I'm looking for some new friends. Can it be something I saw happen many times here? People show up looking for a spouse. That happened. Seen that happen here many times. Bishop, you know I'm telling the truth. And we watched in time. Yeah, they got their spouse, but now... None of them are here anymore. They're gone. Brother Green showed up here looking for a spouse. And Danelle's not here anymore. Amen. So my motive for asking this question is the same as Jesus. Jesus did not ask the question for his information, but for theirs. Again, people's motives really matter, folks, because your motives will control your actions. See, because if our motive is very selfish, guess what? The individual is going to seek to minister to self. Hello? If we're not careful, even after we've been in the church for a while, a long time, the only reason why we stay is because we don't want to go to hell. And that will be reflected in our prayers, our worship, our faithfulness to the house of God, how much we want to do for the kingdom of God. I'm just doing enough because I don't want to go to hell. What seek ye? See, then it changes from what we love to what we are trying to avoid, and that's judgment and hell. Let me put it another way. We're trying to protect our flesh from getting hurt. But the true Christian is a servant to all. You've got to appreciate the response of the disciples because look at this. They didn't say, may we talk to you today? Because we heard what John said and we think you're really cool. 
Or can we be your disciples? Because we think that's really cool to be one of your disciples. Because John said, you are the guy here. In my opinion, there was a kind of a coded message. And apparently Jesus decoded the message here. The question wasn't just about getting an answer. But instead it was about getting an invitation to be with Jesus. You guys get this? <laughs> where, where do you dwell? Because <laughs> we'd like to go wherever you dwell, or we want an invitation to be able to be with you. I, can I be real honest here? I believe this is the problem with several biblical theologians and scholars. See, they too often make their journey to God and with God about getting answers. And many of them are very knowledgeable. They're more knowledgeable than you and I are, that's for sure. And they fail to make it about getting an invitation. It's all about answering their questions or trying to seek knowledge, folks. But it's not about it. They learn about the content of the Word of God, but they fail to get closer to God or find out where God really dwells. And church, there is a vast difference between the two. One can get you knowledge and the other can get you an experience with the Master. Can somebody say amen? One can get you an answer and the other one can be a life-changing moment, folks. That's the difference between the two. You need to do more than just want answers. You need to make sure you get an invitation from God to come where He dwells or to be with God. Can I hear an amen today? Look at Jesus' answer to this, their question. Jesus said, come and see. Your seeing is predicated what? On you following me. Now Jesus made this statement in another one. That's Matthew eleven twenty eight. I'm building a foundation for where I'm going to go today. And I'm not going to preach a lot longer. And I know many of you are glad about that. But Matthew 11 and 28 says this. Jesus said this. Matthew 11 and 28. Because he makes this same invitation. I wish I had time to give you the context of this two or three verses here. But verse 28 of Matthew 11. Look at what Jesus said. He said, come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Because when you dwell with Jesus, there is rest and there is peace. Can I get an amen? amen? He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So today I've led us to this point because I want to direct your attention again to the question that was posed in our scripture text today. What seek ye? Our Here's another way of wording that. In what capacity, according to your own opinion, does God hold his highest value to you? In what capacity does God hold his highest value to you? I know I'm going slow. And for some of this, this is shock for you because you want me to speed up. Is it as a healer? That's the highest place that God is in my life is when he's a healer. Is it as a provider? As a relationship mender? 
as a source of peace and just comfort. Maybe it's as a creator. Maybe it's as a protector because he's protected me from so much. Or maybe it's a spiritual guide. As a source to the answers of all life's problems, what is the highest capacity God can fulfill in your life? And let me say this, God can and is all of these things to us. Can I hear an amen in the house? But see, it's important to determine in what capacity God has his greatest value. Some say greatest value. Say it again, greatest value. You've got to determine in what capacity God has his greatest value to you. Because it can make all the difference, church. I believe too many people that were raised in the church developed an incorrect view of God. They view God as a judge, as one that would just send them to hell if they didn't obey. So since God, the, the role God played in their life was then only a judge, they are always looking for the thundering and the lightning from God and the judgment of God. And they live in church and they live only under fear because God is a God of judgment and it's all about hell. Unfortunately, never change how they view and the role he fulfilled in their life. If our relationship, church, with God is a performance-based, somebody say performance-based. If our relationship with God is a performance-based, based relationship, then when God is no longer performing or producing the way that we feel he should, then he loses value to us. See, it's like a tool that we have. And once it doesn't perform the way that we think it should or it's not working the way that we expect it to be working, then what do we do with that tool, Brother Anderson? What do we do with that tool? We get rid of it. Why? Because it's not performing or doing what I think it should do any more in my life. So I get rid of it and guess what I get? I get something to take its place that I feel is now going to perform or produce the way I want it to. I'm asking a question today. What seek ye? Why? Because its value has diminished to us. And why? Because its usefulness was linked to how I could use it and how I could benefit. Everybody say I. Christ said you must die. You must decrease and he must increase. Come on. What I'm preaching about today can help the value of God to increase in our life and help us to decrease. Because if God is just a performance, just a performance God, that he, when he's not performing, we're going to say he has no value anymore. I'm going to go somewhere else where God's going to perform more in my life. And I've watched that happen right in the church of the living God. See, it's time to move on. Unfortunately, some people try to use God. But God isn't a toy and God isn't a tool. God isn't a toy and God isn't a tool. Come on, God isn't a toy and God isn't a tool. Listen, you can't use God as a tool to get what you want. I'm praying because I want a, an, I want a raise on my job. 
You're trying to use God as a tool. I want this to happen or that to happen or this to happen or that to happen. And we focus more on those things than what really God is all about, folks. Look at what Jesus said in another portion of Scripture in John chapter 6. Look at what he says here. John 6 and verse 26, just right up from where we have just been reading in John 6. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me. You seek me. Everybody say, ye seek me. Jesus said, ye seek me. You're doing that. You seek me. You're looking for me. But look what he said. Not because she saw the miracles, but because she did eat of the loaves and were filled what I could do for you. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Jesus makes it clear. He's not our meal ticket. Somebody should shout amen right there. Get this. And God is not your get out of hell free card. He's not your get-out-of-hell-free card. If you're living for God for the benefit of not going to hell, you will not make it because something will come. But I will say it again. Repeat this question with me. What seek ye? Repeat it again. What seek ye? When you view God's greatest capacity as a redeemer, then nothing else can separate you from the love of God. If he fails to heal you, it's all right, because his greatest fact, factor or his greatest value to me then is in the fact that he saved me, not that he healed me. If I'm left with nothing, that's all right. His greatest value is in the fact that he saved my wretched soul, folks. Hallelujah. Hear me, but if our highest value of God is in his provisions and God fails to provide the way that you expect him to, then you will replace him with something else, folks, or with something that performs better in your opinion. Listen to me, when the whipping posts that Jesus took those cat of nine tails upon his back holds higher value in our life than the cross of Calvary, or let me put it another way, when our healing holds a higher value than our salvation, we're headed in the wrong direction, folks. Look around you at all of the great patriarchs of truth. Brother Urshan. Even here at the Palace of Praise, I, I was driving up 198th, and some of you will not be able to relate to this because you don't know her, but Sister McAllister drove by her house. And I remember putting the roof on her house there and remodeling that building behind her house. There. So I remember, Danielle, you were working with that roof there in your skirt. I remember the elderly lady coming across the street. Danielle was up there in the middle of the summer in her long uh, blue jean skirt helping us nail on shingles. And the lady came over and said, I can't believe you're up there nailing that roof in a skirt. It is possible. Just thought I'd insert that there, but but I look around and I see Sister McAllister and Brother Smith, Prince of Man at the Palace of Praise. Thank it, Sister Lois McRae and Sister Wright, Sister Hall, Sister Hall, 
was in this church. And I just named person and person and person that were outstanding individuals here at the Palace of Praise. But great people. But can I ask you a question? Where are they today? They're waning the resurrection. That means God didn't heal them every time. Somebody hear me? That means God did not heal them every time. But the greatest thing Jesus did on that day when he was on the cross was to purchase our salvation. Come on. Through the cross and the resurrection, we have this declaration. Oh, death, where is thy sting? And oh, grave, where is thy victory? Brother Smith, you testified over and over again standing in that sound booth how God has blessed you with giving you a raise and God has blessed you with this. I've listened to Sister McAllister talk about God blessing her. I remember the testimonies of these great people, but the greatest thing they have now was not those temporal blessings, but the blessing of salvation to know, oh grave, where is thy sting? Oh death, where is your victory? Now they have victory. Why? Because of the cross of Calvary. Somebody shout amen in the house. Hallelujah. Woo. See to them, those temporal things, they don't mean anymore. But now they're waiting for judgment day. The day will come when all of the things you think are so valuable about being in contact with God mean so much today, they won't mean anything. But one thing that will really mean a lot is if you have secured your salvation in Christ Jesus. Somebody shout amen. amen. Now, I know some of you are going to think this is just a sermon of 100 questions. <laughs> because here's another question that Paul asked in Romans chapter 8 as I'm heading toward finishing. Romans chapter 8 and verse 35, and I preached on it a few times here lately. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? See, tribulation means afflictions and trouble that we go through. Anybody ever been through trouble? Or how about distress? That word distress means narrowness. It's pressure all around us. It means we're going through. Does anybody feel like you're pressured on every side? <laughs> Feel like life is kind of closing in on you and there's kind of a little bit of pressure. It seems like life is putting a squeeze play on us. Can somebody say amen? Well, I'm not worried about it because God said he would deliver me. and God said he would deliver me from all afflictions and all distress. So I'm not worried about it. But what if he doesn't? But what if he doesn't? The word persecution kind of self-explanatory, and Paul mentioned that, famine, famine or nakedness, and we don't really know what's going to happen in this world, folks. But that means when you don't have enough food and clothing, now we're really getting close to home, aren't we? Because <laughs> we love <clears throat> food. That's where some of you could have said amen right there. That was your point right there. You may not agree with anyone else, but you could agree right there. You love your food. Yeah. Amen. But you may say, I'm not worried about it because God, he will always provide my needs. God is a provider. But what if he doesn't? 
How about peril and sword, which is physical harm or death? Well, God is a protector and God will always keep. But what if he doesn't, folks? Remember John the Baptist and James, they, all, they both died, what, by the sword? So God didn't keep them from dying by the sword. Can I, can I read you something that may be a little depressing to some of you? You may need to take drugs when I'm done saying this. How many of you guys think that Apostle Paul was filled with the Holy Ghost? How many of you think that Apostle Paul was living for God? 2 Corinthians 11 and 23. 2 Corinthians 11 and 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more and labors more abundant in stripes, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths off of the Jews. Five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Thrice I was suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robber, in peril. My, he's in peril, peril, peril. In perils of my own country, in perils of the heathen, in perils of the city, in the perils of the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness and watchings off and hunger and thirst and fastings off and cold and nakedness beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the cares of all the church and the burden of being the ministry and carrying all these on my thumb. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is offended? And I have not burned. I burn not. If I must needs glory, I glorify, I glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. Now I want to ask you a question. Did God fail Apostle Paul? Oh, he was a failure. Look at all the things he went through. Beaten. All the things he went. I can't go over all of those. Look at all those things. That God had to have failed him and God could but he stayed on why because of Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21 says this for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain because my greatest value is in the salvation I have in God not in the things he keeps me from or the things he gives me but it's what I have in him what because of the cross of Calvary, folks. But only a person who has a proper perspective of life, folks, can make and believe that statement. Our prayers are really a reflection of how we view God. What portion of your prayers is all about you and your physical needs? And how much of our prayers is devoted to salvation? Not only ours, but others too. Uh-oh, pastor, don't go there. How much are we praying for our family members that need to be saved? How much are we paying for our co-workers? Why don't you just devy it up and see what percentage of that. If 90% of it is about you and your needs and 10% is about salvation, then you've got a distorted view of God and what you are supposed to be doing in the kingdom of God. So again, I asked you the question, what seek ye? What seek ye? 
See John 1 and 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming to him and saith to him, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. John could view Jesus Christ in no higher light than what? The Savior of this world, folks. Wasn't about things. The greatest prayer God could ever answer for you is your prayer of repentance. Can I get an amen in the house? It's when you find a place and you say, God, forgive me of my life. God, forgive me of what I've done. Lord Jesus, please forgive me. That prayer is more important than God saying, here, I'll answer your prayer to make you rich. It's the best prayer that God can. The greatest thing he could ever do to you is to save your soul. Can I get an amen in the house? God will never be lifted higher in your life than when he is lifted up on the cross of Calvary as your Savior and the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Can God, God can never do more for you than when he saves your soul. Can I hear a hearty amen right there? So in conclusion, I asked a question, when it comes to God, when it comes to the church, when it comes to being a member of the church, what seek ye? Why are you coming to church? What are you looking for in God? What is it you want in this relationship? Because living for God is all about a relationship. Revelation 12 refers to the overcomers. Revelation 12 and 11 says this, and they overcame him by the... Those that know, shout it out. First thing he mentions is the blood of the lamb. Can anybody tell me what the blood of the lamb was for? I can't hear you. They overcame him by the, not by the blessings not by the benefits, not by what God could do for me, what God... See, people that are critical of God and the church are people that have lost their view of what God has done for them. When you criticize the saints or you criticize the ministry, you criticize those folks, you've lost where God brought you from. You need to get on your knees and start saying, God, give me a fresh new vision of where you brought me from because I was a wretched, good-for-nothing individual. How can I stand in judgment of anybody in this house when if it wasn't because of you and the cross of Calvary, I'd split hell wide open. And more than likely, a lots of us, if God hadn't saved us, would be pushing up tulips today. Because you'd be dead. But God is the only reason why you're alive, and it's because he saved your wretched soul. You tell me why God should save you. What have you done, or what good are you? None. It's God and his mercy that has saved us, folks. And we got to make sure we keep things in their proper perspective. Somebody shout amen. I'm almost done. Let's all stand. So today again, the focus today of our message has been on this simple question, what seek ye? I hope today you will seek salvation in Christ Jesus. I said I hope today that you're going to seek salvation in Christ Jesus. We're distracted because God doesn't perform when reality, he's already performed everything he needs to do for you. If God never does one more thing for you, 
if he saved you, he's done more than you deserve. Can I get an amen in the house? It's scary to think where some of us would be. You know what? You need to be careful when you criticize those that have backslidden. Sometimes the reason why they have backslidden is simply because they lost perspective. They lost really why and what God had done for them. That's it. And you could be there. You could be there except for God helping us because some of us, we left the church and it was God who woke us up because of some people praying and helped us to wake up and realize I got to go back to God because there's nothing. I, I traded in and threw away that. That's what backsliders are doing. I'm trading in and throwing away God because I think I got something else in the world that has more value. But you're going to live and see the day that then you wake up and realize this is nothing but sand in my hands and it's fallen out and there's no value here. And you're going to turn around and say, I'll tell you where my value is. It's in the salvation that I find in God. I don't care how God sees a fit to treat me. We got to make up our mind this. God cannot treat me so bad if he was going to treat you bad that you would leave God. He's never going to treat you bad. But if he decided he was going to do just like Job and move back and say, go ahead, devil, do what you want to do. When you realize that it's God that has saved your soul, then everything you go through will not drive you away from God. It'll literally drive you to God knowing he's my hope, he's my help, he's my salvation. I can't go anywhere else. I can be stronger. I can't go anywhere else. I can be more. Hey, I'm preaching to somebody today. It's time you get your eyes back on God and realize your hope is in God and in salvation in God. Oh, hallelujah. Damien, come. Anybody ever read this verse before? Acts 2.38 Then Peter said unto them Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I find in this book Lots of promises. How about you? I find promises how God said, you put me first and I will bless you. I find promises in this book. He says, I, I, I'm going to be a hedge round about you on every side. The name of the Lord is a strong tower you can run into. I find promises in here of healing. I find all kinds. Anybody else? I'll go to witness in the house. It's a book full of promises. But here's the greatest promise that I found to be in this book. And that's the promise. He said, if you seek me, you're going to find me. And if you look for me, I'm not going to hide from you. I'm going to be right there. And I will be your savior, I will be your redeemer, and I'll save your soul. That's the greatest promise that this book 
that's the greatest promise that this book has ever given us. So today, when I read that verse, repent, let me tell you something. If you today will say, God, forgive me, Lord, please forgive me. I want to make you a guarantee today, God will forgive you. Is anybody in the house that agrees with that statement? And if you'll be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, God is going to be there and wash away your sins. And if you will seek after God, you can receive the Holy Ghost today by the evidence of speaking in tongues. Can I get a witness in the house? I know that some of you are saying, well, I know we can't come down to the altar right now. Guess what? I got a surprise for you. God is right there. Take your hand and stretch it out in front of you. You just touch God. You raise your hands. You just touch God. He's not just restricted to these altars right now. He's right where you are. Come on. Does anybody want to get a hold of God this morning? Is there anybody that really needs an experience with God today? Then I challenge you right now, would you just lift your hands and touch Jesus? Would you just lift your hands right now and begin to touch Jesus? Come on, if there's some things God's been dealing with you and you know in your mind that you need to get right with God right now, let God become the greatest thing He can ever be in your life. Let Him be your Savior right now. Let Him be the Redeemer, the one that has paid the price right now with your hands raised. Begin to ask God to forgive you of every sin and every violation. Come on. Come on, I need a church that's going to reaffirm your salvation today and reaffirm that you love God greater than anything else and the greatest thing He's done for you is salvation. Come on, I need a church that begins to praise God for what He's done in your life, not because of provisions, but because of salvation today. Come on, what are you seeking today? What are you looking for today? I can tell you whatever you're looking for is in the house because God is in the house. You'll never find anything greater than God. You'll never find anything that holds greater value than salvation. And you'll never have a friend that's greater than Jesus Christ. Come on, I need a church right now that will just lift up your voice in praise and thanksgiving right now. Oh, hallelujah! Come on, right now, if you need repentance, yeah, that's it. Pour it out to God. Let the tears flow. Let you be broken before God. Let God deal with you. That's God you feel in the house right now. Come on, if those, those that are in the house that need restoration, God can restore you right now in this house. Woo, I feel God in the house right now. Come on, what are you seeking? God's here, he's here. He's saying, come and see. Come and see where I dwell. I desire to dwell in your heart and be in your life. Come on, you haven't done enough that God's going to reject you because of the mercy of God. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound 
come on, there may be some that are tuned in right now on Truth Radio. I challenge you, throw your hands up wherever you are in the house, wherever you are right now, and let God fill you with the Holy Ghost. Come on, begin to seek the face of God till you are filled with the Spirit of God and begin to speak in other tongues. I feel God moving in the house. I feel God ministering in the house. God is moving into the house right now as a Savior. Come on. God's moving in the house right now as a Savior, as a Redeemer. Come on. Hallelujah. God, I just want to be a part of the body of Christ. Oh, God, if I could just be a doorkeeper in the house of God, Lord, I want to be a part of the body of Christ. You don't need to focus about healing right now. You need to pray that God cleanse your mind today and wash you with his blood. Come on, forget about the distractions right now. Focus on God as your Savior. but thou art strong. Oh, God, I need you, Lord Jesus. I want to be like Judas, God, that begins to follow you, God, but loses perspective, God, and loses what's important, oh, God, in following you, Lord. But I want to be, oh, God, like Peter, Lord, and James and John, Lord. I want to be, oh, God, like your disciples, Lord Jesus. When you said, oh, God, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise, not a blessing, oh, God, but salvation, Lord Jesus. And on that day, God, you poured out your spirit. And today, you're still pouring out your spirit today. Hallelujah. 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 I just feel like God right now dropped a thought into my mind. I hadn't thought about this, nowhere in all of these many, many pages of notes. But bitterness 
has been generated because of how you thought God should have performed in your life or how God or what God should have done in your life. And you're struggling right now. No fault of God. But it's your perspective and what you expected out of God has generated bitterness in you and is hurting you from reaching where God wants you to go and the places He wants you to reach. I don't know who I'm talking to. I have not even the slightest clue. The thought had never crossed my mind until I stood at this pulpit and began to just say, Jesus, my heart and my mind. So with every eye closed in this house, I believe God wants to give somebody deliverance of some bitterness that's in you right now because God hasn't been performing the way you thought or doing what you thought. And you've lost your appreciation of what he did by simply calling you out of darkness. With every eye closed in this house, I wanna pray by the authority that God's placed in the ministry. Lord, you know every mind, every heart that is in this house, you know the battles that have been raging, Lord, in the hearts and the thoughts of people, God, in this house. Lord, you know, God, what is hindering souls from reaching their full potential in you. God, you did not call them that they might be destroyed by bitterness or resentment or hardness of heart. And right now, God, by the authority given God in your word and the anointing, O oh God, of your spirit, whatever bitterness, God, they have, against you or even what bitterness they have, God, against ministry that's been in their life or things that have happened to them or things they think, God, you've allowed to happen to them. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind, God, according to the word. I bind that bitterness. I bind those thoughts in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, right now, God, release them, God. Release them by the authority, Lord, of your word. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, raise your hand, O oh Lord, of all power and authority. And move, oh God, I pray, Lord, that root of bitterness, God, and that thing, God, that they're battling with right now, Lord, from their spirit, from their mind, and from their heart, God. And replace it, oh Lord, with a thanksgiving, oh God, for salvation and a thanksgiving, God, for what you have done, Lord, and keeping them even alive, God, unto this day. And Lord, fill them, God, with thanksgiving, with anointing right now. Somebody, throw your hands into the air, God, and begin to thank him for what he's doing and for the release he's given in your spirit. God is about to turn you into a soul 
soul winner because you're getting bitterness out of your heart. He's going to turn you into a voice of triumph about the goodness of God in your life. Jesus! Jesus! Release us, God! Release us, God! Come on, I feel a surge in the spirit. There's something going on right now. There's a spiritual battle. If you feel like speaking in tongues, you need to let go and just let the Holy Ghost speak in tongues. Let him speak through you right now. God makes intercession for us. We need to plead the blood right now. Come on, you need to plead the blood over your life right now. Some of you need to plead it over your homes right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus, there is power in the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, I plead, Lord, the covering of the blood upon this church, upon every home, on every mind, God, that's here right now. I plead that blood. Blood, God, that is truly, Lord, for salvation. It's a blood, God, of covering, Lord Jesus, of mistakes and spirits, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I plead your blood, God, upon this congregation, Lord, today, upon our guests, God. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, you need to personally plead the blood over the, your own path and over your own home. I can't do it for your own kids. You need to do it for your kids, your grandkids. They need the covering of the blood right now. They're going through things that you aren't going to be able to help them go through, but the blood of Jesus Christ can cover. Come on, in the name of Jesus. you go. I don't want to belabor the matter here today. 
God's posed a very important question to everyone in this house. What are you seeking? What do you want from God? Some of you are going to need to find a place to pray this week and get an answer to that for yourself or you're not going to make it because I don't think things are going to get better in this world. I think things are headed to some dark days in this world. But God's in control of everything. You've got to answer that question. I can't answer it. I can't answer it for my own kids. Kids, you're going to have to answer that question for yourself. Dad can't do that for you. Lord, I thank you today for your presence. Thank you for your mercy and your grace, God, that lets us come into your house and feel your presence. And know, God, that you are in control. God, I thank you for every time you heal my body. I thank you, Lord, for keeping me, and I thank you for your provisions. Thank you for peace. I thank you for hope. I thank you, God, for revelation. I thank you for so many things. But God, above all, thank you for reaching for this young man, God, back in that first sanctuary many years ago, drawing me to an altar repentance, God, and forgiving me of my sins, and God, filling me with the Holy Ghost. I thank you, God, for allowing me, Lord, to be baptized in your name and take your name, God, upon my life. I thank you, God, above all, Lord, for those things, God, in my life. Today, God, I pray, Lord, you go for it with every individual, God, as they go from this house and those, Lord, that have tuned in, God, today, online, Lord, that you be with each and every one of them. And your perfect will be worked in our life. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and everybody say amen. I hope you've been touched and blessed today by the presence of God. Again, I, I am so thankful for every guest that is here. And again, I'm not going to name names. I'll miss somebody. Pray that you would be praying for those that are unable to come into the house of God today. Pray for uh, Dolores' girls as they're going through this. And pray for Sister Dolores and for their family. And Amen. Praise God. You know, I want <clears throat> to make sure that I don't say anything after this. But we have a good church. Somebody said every time I say that, then I say something about something that needs to be fixed. <laughs> so today, we have a great church. End of story. I'll see you on Wednesday night. We have a great church. God bless you in Jesus' name. Yes, sir.